0: Thank you so much. Awesome, guys. God well, bless you. you. Can be seated. It is just uh, such a great morning to be alive. Great worship this morning. Such a such a, a great atmosphere in the house today and uh, we're just so excited about uh, this is an amazing week. It really is. But um yeah this uh this whole everything has just been uh culminating and uh, and again you know here's that word momentum everything's being uh, shifted and moved and uh you know I heard the word uh, this morning the Lord spoke about fast track I mean and everything really is about moving forward gaining momentum and increase and and uh, so we're really excited about this week and uh, and of course next week we uh, we we continue over, by building the momentum over, over the ditch to, uh, to New Zealand as well. Yeah, we don't want to let them miss out on anything either. But um, it's just an amazing time to be alive. You know, we have got such uh, an ability to make an impact into this world. And this is a time now where we are actually gaining more and more of that momentum. So this morning, uh, the message that the Lord's got me to speak is on redemption and possession. And uh, as uh, I was just spending some time with the Lord through the week, um, there was a number of different messages there, but I felt like this is the one that we need to hear today. And, uh, and if you're here, you're not here by mistake. You're here by divine purpose. You are, you are loved. You belong. And, uh, and so let's pray. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that you have caused us to come together at this one time, at this one place. Lord, that you said that where two or more agreed, there you are in the midst. So, Lord, you are here this morning. We felt you. We heard you this morning. Uh, we know that you are here during the praise and worship. There was such an atmosphere, Lord, that you can come and touch different people at different things and different times. But, God, today we thank you that you are here right now. And Lord, that we do want more of you. We want more of your love, more of your grace, more of your mercy. We want more of your spirit, Father. We want more of you. And Lord, we are opening up ourselves right now to receive more of you today. And Father, I break off every mindset right now that is contrary to yours. Every mindset that says this this word is not for me, I break that in Jesus' name. And everyone who said that, that this, this word is irrelevant, Father, I break that right now in Jesus' name. We break off every lie and every deception now from the enemy. Father, your word goes forward today. And Lord, your anointing is on this word. And Father, we thank you that you, your word will never go back to you void. It will always achieve what it set out to achieve in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Who enjoyed last Sunday the word that, uh, that Julie brought? <clears throat> you can't go wrong with the truth. <laughs> Amen? And that's really what we need to, to get back to because there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment that is not the truth. When you get back to what the Word of God says, then you find out what the truth really is and that is what will really set you free. So this morning, I want to speak about redemption and possession. Now, when we have a look in the Bible, the book of Exodus uh, is about redemption, with the emphasis on deliverance. You yeah, remember God delivered His people out of Egypt, so Exodus, Exodus is about is about that. But the book of Joshua, which we're going to be having a look at this morning, is not just about uh, redemption, but it has the emphasis on possession. It's possessing. So, so we're no longer we're no longer in Egypt, and, and I've spoken that message about Goshen, where we're coming, we're, we're out of Egypt, we're coming into our Goshen, we're living in our Goshen time, that drawing near, that place where we can be with God and dwell with Him spiritually. Come on, and so we're seeing here that this, these two books actually make up a full redemption, which requires us to be to be brought out in order to be brought in. See, God is bringing you out so that He can bring you in. You have to come out of the past. You've got to come out of the old in order to come into the new. So God is taking us out so He can bring us in. It just sounds a little bit weird. (laughs) Well, wasn't I in? No, you weren't in. You were out. But now He's bringing you in. So you're coming out of the old into the new. You're coming out of your past into your future. So for the Israelites in Egypt, it was all about survival. When you really look at that, all they did for those 400 years, they just survived. There wasn't much fighting going on at all. It was just survival. And sometimes for us, that's what it's like. We don't want to fight. We just want to survive. So sometimes that's what it is, the, the situation that we're in. It's just about survival. And we know that God doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to be overcomers. Come on, He wants us to be more than conquerors. But sometimes all we can do is just survive. It's just hanging on in there. And sometimes it's, it's about just hanging in there. It's when the Bible says, well, after you've done all, stand. Stand. And sometimes like, we want to do more than just standing. And yes, that's good. But c- there comes a time where even in your standing, you are going to break through. It comes a time even when you are just surviving, that your breakthrough is at hand. That you're just about to come in. So you're still alive. You know, look at someone next to you and say, you're still alive. <laughs> you're still breathing. You're still here. Come on. You are alive. See, the enemy wants to tell you that this is not for you. That whatever God has, whatever promises, whatever, whatever promises are in the Bible, they're not for you. They're for somebody else. But God wants to tell you today that every promise that He has put in this Bible is for you. That every word that He's spoken to you in your prayer time is for you. Don't allow the enemy to rob you from the lie, uh, from, from, from bringing lies and deception to you. God has your promises for you. And so we are coming out of this time, so sometimes it's just survival. You know, there wasn't much fighting going on, but again, God brought them out of Egypt and brought them in to the promises that He had for them. And how did He do that? He gave them strategies and, and you've heard about us talking about the strategies. There's strategies in everything. Find out what the strategies are for God to take you from at one place to another. Bringing you out so He can bring you in. It wasn't just a fact as okay, let's come out of here and I'll bring you in. We re- Remember, it was only about, well, it could have taken them a week or so to get from Egypt into to Canaan land. That's really all it was. If they went to the direct route straight across, that's all it did. But it took them 40 years. Because they whinged, they complained, they didn't want to go, they didn't want to do this, they were hungry, they wanted to go back, it was too new, where are we going anyway? I thought we'd be here by now, what's going on? We don't like the leaders, we don't like God anymore, we don't even believe that those promises were for us. Let's just go back to what we knew and what we experienced for all those times. At least we knew what we were doing. You know? Every morning, we don't have to worry about it. we're going to be b- making bricks. Didn't have to worry about, what am I going to do today? Every day was the same. It was Groundhog Day for 400 years. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) It's about bettering yourself. (laughs) But you see here, God will give you strategies for your breakthroughs. In Joshua chapter 1, you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. And let's have a look at what the Lord said to Joshua in chapter 3, uh, verse 3. Joshua 1 verse 3, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now there were some things that God promised Moses, but he never actually came into it. We understand that he, that he, was, he was disobedient in, in one little thing caused him not to come into his promises. I praise God that that's not the same today. That God's grace covers, that, that, that he gives us time to repent. If we don't, then we keep on going around the mountain. We keep on doing the same thing. We'll be in the wilderness for another 40 years. But God is saying, listen, I'm telling you, I've got some promises for you. But if someone else doesn't, it doesn't get those promises, then you can get them. Come on, you can start moving in them. Joshua here, it wasn't his promises, but it was for Moses. But it, I mean, it really was for the whole people. But we know what? Two people out of all those million or so made it into the promised land because they were the only ones who believed. It said they had a different spirit. Come on, God's raising up a generation that has a dis- different spirit. We've got a different spirit. We're not just surviving any longer, although we'll do that if that's what God says, if that's all we can do, but we know that there's so much more. So we're not just going to hang on. We are going to possess. It's a time of possession. God is bringing us out. He is redeeming us. And so we're coming now into our possessing time. So I looked at this and I thought, this is easier said than done. I'll give you every, every place where you've put your foot. And I've, and I've read that and I said, yes, thank you, Lord, I'm taking that. Yes, God. Then I realized it's easier said than done. Because all of a sudden now God's saying, well, if that's really what you believe, then I'll tell you where you're going to go, and I actually will show you. (laughs) You'll send some spies out. This is the land, but it's possessed with all these other nations who are bigger, who are stronger, who don't want you in there, who want to kill you. Do you still believe that every place where you put your foot is still going to be yours? See, it requires a lot of steps of faith. It's a lot of steps of faith. And so here, come on, they're going into some pretty hostile environments, places where, where they, they really didn't want to go unless they had the promise of God behind them. There's some things that really we don't want to go into or where we, we want to go into. There's some things that we don't want to do, but because God has said that, then okay, then we have to, by faith, step into those areas. And I was just thinking about some of these areas where we'd had prophetic words about, so now we know that we're going to step into them. That even though it's still hostile, even though people still don't, don't like it, they want to run you out of town, but because God said, this is what I've got for you, there is a forward movement. There is momentum being built. There's a stepping out and a stepping in. You've got to step out of your fears, come on, to step into the boldness and the courage that God has for you so that you can possess the land that he has for you. So where has he asked you to go? What has he asked you to do? Have you done it? Well, I'm still thinking about it. Well, Greg, you don't know what he's asking me to do. You don't know where he's telling me to go. Not there, either. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I mean, we all have different callings. We've all got different things that we've got to overcome and push through into. There's always different promises that God's got for us. But every promise should scare us, come on, to the point where it's like, I don't know where I can do this. And he knows that we can't do it in ourselves. We can't do it in our own abilities. It has to be by faith as we step out and in to what God's got for us. Every prophecy should scare us. Come on. It's not going to be many at the uh, Friday afternoon <laughs> presbytery. <clears throat> but listen, I mean, every prophetic word should stretch us. Should, should bring us to the point where it's like, God, I don't know about that, but because you said so, okay. It brings us into a place where we can't do it in our own self. We try and work it out how we can do it. It's like, maybe. But listen, God is with you. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God has said it, then that is yay and amen. I'm, there's no more correspondence entered into. I tell you what, now it's up to me. Every place I put my foot. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're giving me this land. You're giving me this land. You, you take, we're taking back. You know, this. this uh, whatever the enemy has stolen from you, it's time to take it back. See, that's what redemption is talking about. It's, it's about giving back to you what is already yours. What was yours? What was lost? What was robbed? Now God is giving back that redemption. But i tell you what, sometimes you've got to possess it. And that possess, when you have a look at that word in Hebrew, it, called, it, it says yarish. And that word is about forcefully taking back what was yours. It's about dispossessing the previous people that are on your land. There's, some, there's been some squatters on your land. It's time to get rid of them. Don't make friends with the squatters. It's time to get rid of them. They want your land. They want to live there. They want to cultivate. They want to do all this sort of stuff, but they never want to pay you anything. They want, never want to give you anything. So it's time now to step out into the unknown, into into that place where God has asked you to go, to break through. Because God says, I will give you every bit of land that your feet tread on. See, if we don't, repos- if we don't possess the land, then the devil will repossess. He'll take it from us. So we're no longer just wandering around Sometimes we've felt like we're being squatters, that we don't believe what the promise that God has for us. So we're just squatting on here, and then as soon as the, as soon as the enemy says, you know, this is mine, it's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm just moving on. We've felt like squatters. We've been squatting at places where God says, this is yours, but we've never felt like it's been ours. I want to break that mindset today. Father, in Jesus' name, we break up that mindset of not being owners. There were always just going to be squatters, not even just renters, but squatters, Lord, moving on. Because because the enemy just tries to to bring, you know, it says that, the, the Bible says that he walks around like a roaring lion. He's just like a roaring lion. He's trying to bring that. Word, those words and the, the shouting and all that sort of stuff. And we're intimidated and we just flee. We're squatters. We feel like squatters. And God says, no, no, no. You are owners. I want you to take ownership right now. Thank you, Lord. You see, squatters have no rights. It's time to take possession. And, you know, we've heard of, oh, well, the squatters' rights. But when you have a look at what the squatter's rights are in Australia, <laughs> it's very, very difficult to even do, get anything. You've got to pay all the, the, um, the rent, the taxes, you've got to pay everything, and that means that the owner then doesn't pay anything. But if you're owning a land, you're going to be paying all your land taxes, everything like that anyway. So, so even though there are some uh, called, so-called squatter's rights, that will never probably happen. Okay? So we are no, we're no longer squatters. Don't think of yourself as squatters. I'm just, I'm just here abiding uh, my time and then you know, fear comes in, I'll have to move. No, no, no. God is saying it's time to take possession. It's time to take possession. See, God says, I'm giving you. I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you the land. He has spoken it out. He's saying, listen, I've already decreed it. Now it's time for you to step up and step out. You've got to come out of that fear. You've got to come out of that, that confinement. You've got to come out of that place where you don't think you're good enough. It's like God says, you are good enough. I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are worthy. You can Listen, if God says, I'm, I, this is yours, it's yours. Don't allow anyone to speak, talk you out of that. See, in order to do this, we must be full of courage and strong. Like Joshua, like the Lord spoke to Joshua a number of times in, uh, in chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous. See, you've got to be. This is a time now. This is a season. You have to be strong and courageous. We're not arrogant. We're not, no, no, no. Strong and courageous. We're bold in who we are and who our God is and what God has said for us to do. That's the boldness that we can have. That's, that's the, the courageous thing that we have upon us, that we can go into places that we know in ourselves we can't do this. But with God, all things are possible. God, you said it. Not man, not me. You said this. You've confirmed it time and time again. I just look at even what we're doing here. This was spoken about. Years and years ago, probably fifteen 20 years ago that you will have a church we didn't know how that was going to happen how do you you have, to, you have to stay in a place to have a church you know we get called all over the world how's that going to happen Even that was another prophetic word. how is that going to happen? 20 something years ago having we've got no money you've got to buy airfares you know people are going to know you. <laughs> But if you believe what the Word of God says, and you take steps of faith in that area, then you'll start to see doors open that were previous closed. Come on. Then you'll start to come into places where you know now this is my place. No one can talk me out of my place. No one. Even the devil himself can come along and we can say, devil, get out of here because this is my place. Come on, you've got to have that bold and you've got to be that courageous to stand in front of, of, of things. Is, there's some ugly spirits out there. And I've, not, I've seen them face to face. And I tell you, in, in my normal, natural self, I'm scared witless. It's like, oh, I couldn't even do anything. Because he comes at, a, at an opportune time for him. And usually it's like middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, you're fast asleep, and then all of a sudden this thing just rises up out of the bed and looks at you in the face. Scares the heck out of you. And then all of a sudden something kicks in. You start praying in tongues. So you've got to build yourself up. Build yourself up. There's times right now we need to be built up. Because we're going to be coming against some pretty big territorial spirits. Some pretty big things are going to stop you from entering in what God has said, I've given to you, but now it's time to possess. We're not squatters anymore. We're not running away from our destiny and our purpose. Now we are taking deliberate steps into that place. We're no longer going to wander around for 40 years in and out and round about. No, no, no. We're going directly. What's the direct path? That's it. This is the way we're going. Again, listening to what God is saying, giving you the strategy. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you, all the strategies that God continues to give you. He might give you one strategy and then change it the next step. Listen. Listen, I'm glad Abraham listened to God. The second time. Amen? Abraham, kill your son, your only son. You know the son you love? Yeah, him, Isaac. Take take him to the mountain, kill him. Yes, Lord. I'm glad he kept his ear open to hear from the Lord the second time. Okay, Abraham, don't kill him. But hang on, you said to kill him. Good thing we keep our ears listening. Tuned in to hear what God says because things can change along the way. He can say one thing and all of a sudden he's saying, Ah, you're, you're listening now. I want to give you this. Change tack. Well, hang on a sec. Come on, you've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. He says here, Do not turn from the law, don't go to the right, don't go to the left. You may that you may be successful wherever you go. If God says, to go straight ahead, then that's it. We're going straight ahead. But there's a Goliath in my way. Well, that's too bad. Take him down. Nothing is going to stand in your way. Nothing is going to stand in your way. Come on. doesn't matter if they're bigger, taller. doesn't matter if they've been there for years. It doesn't matter. They're coming down. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know who your God is. You've got to know your calling. You've got to know your destiny. And you've got to walk in that. Because if we're not walking in that, we're walking in the flesh. We're walking in our soulish emotions. Well, that looks, that's too hard. That's too tough. Of course, it probably will be. But if you believe what God has said, then you need to be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous, Joshua. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. Wow. Do we? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9 Have I not commanded you to be what? Strong and courageous. Just in case you forgot the previous verse and the one before it. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the land your God will be with you. The Lord your God, sorry, will be with you wherever you go. Isn't it awesome? We're doing what God's called us to do. He is right there, right behind us. Or sometimes he's right in front of us, making a way. See, this is the strategy. You've got to find out what it is. God, are we going to break through ourselves? Or, Or God says, No, 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 let me do it. I love, I love a good fight. I'll take care of it. You are, all, listen, all you have to do is just to do what I've asked you to do. Just march around this, this city wall seven times, and then on the last day do another seven, and then get blow the, the trumpets, and then, and then you won't even have to fight. Everything will just fall, and you'll just move in and take control. And there's other times where it says, now you've got to fight now. See, you've got to know the strategy. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 says this, And Rahab said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Because of you. Is the enemy melting because of you? Come on. Or are we melting? <laughs> Oh, he doesn't like me. Why is everything against me? No, no, no. God, you called me to do this. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what seems to be opposing me at this time. I'm going to be bold and courageous, and I'm going to walk in to the promises that you've got for me. This is my time. Listen, the enemy should be melting in fear because of you. Because you woke up this morning and say, like, oh, God, they're awake. I was having such a good time. Now they're awake. Now they're going to cause me all sorts of grief and heartache and pain. They're going to stand on my head. I'm going to have a bruise. Come on. Hello. Are they melting because of you? And I thought about this. How did Rahab know the Lord had given them the land, given Joshua the land? How did she know that? Come on, she is, she is in this city that they've just sent out the spies to go into. they got no idea who Joshua's God is. i I, I got no idea either, but, I, but I'm suggesting that, that the Lord spoke to her and told her about what was going on. And that here she is. That God sends somebody to them, to her. And she understands that there's something going on. All of a sudden she realized that Joshua's God is God. And she wants to serve him. And she says, "I'm I'm going to make sure that the spies aren't caught out. And because she did that, she was able not just to save herself, but she saved the whole family. Her whole family got saved because of her actions. See, God is causing us to come to a place that we've got to believe what God says. He is a total unbeliever believing what God has said. And a whole generation gets saved. And you have a look at what happened from her. The actual... Um, God's genealogy, the Lord Jesus' genealogy, has come through Rahab, who had a questionable past. (laughs) A lady of the night. It didn't mean she slept all day. (laughs) Interesting. Doesn't matter what you have done, doesn't matter about your past. God says, I've got a future for you. And He wants to bring you out of your past and bring you into your future. Bring you out so He can bring you in. Chapter 3, verse 1. It's time to leave Shittim. I believe that's an apt name. (laughs) Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. And went to the Jordan where they encamped before crossing over. See, don't settle in Shittim. <laughs> no, this is mine. This is my words. Don't settle in Shittim. Listen, when you have a look at Shittim, all sorts of stuff was going on. They started to settle there. And there was debauchery. There was all kinds of chaos. They started to intermarry. They started to worship other idols. Listen, that's what happens when you stay in Shittim. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, get out of Shittim. You're allowed to say Shittim because it's in the Bible. See, the Lord came and said, This is what I want you to do. I want you to consecrate yourselves now. He said, within, for three days, in three days' time, we're coming out of Shittim and we're coming into the promises of God. Consecrate yourselves. What does that mean? It means come to a place where you're washed clean. Come to a place where you're putting, putting off the old, putting off the past, putting off the flesh. You're putting off those things and you're saying, God, God, I want you. I want more of you. Lord, I want your promises for me. I want your promises more for me, more than I want the flesh things for me. That's what consecration means. We are being consecrated right now because we're coming out of Shittim and we're coming in to the promised land, to the promises that God has for us. See, Jordan, on the other hand, means a place of miracles. It's a place of death to self. It means to descend as into the waters of baptism. Jordan is where Jesus got baptized. And you could be sitting right on the banks. And you could be so close, but you could still miss out. It could be just up on the other side of the river. It could be so close, but you just say, well, listen, this is good enough. Look at where I've come from. That's okay. God will never, ever override your will. But He's got so much more for you. Don't settle for this place. Don't settle here. Three days' time. Consecrate yourselves because we're going on. God's got more for us. It's the momentum being built. Come on. He's moving you on. Why is He keeps moving us on? Because when we settle, this is what happens. The old being washed away. And it says in verse 4 and 5, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. You'll know which way to go. Why? Because God will tell you. He'll give you the strategy. As long as you stick with the strategy, we'll cross over into what God's got for us. Then you will know the way. How do we know? That? Because we've never been this way before. Listen, we've never, ever been this way before. Any of us, we've never seen this day before. Come on. We're not reincarnated. We haven't astral traveled, time traveled. We've never seen this day before. We've never been where we are ourselves right now, at where we are in the Lord. The church has never been to this point before, at where the church is today, in the whole time and scheme of things. We've never been this way before. So how do we know which way to go? God says, keep your eyes on me. He says, follow me. Follow me. And I thought, that's very interesting. Because this is my take on on, uh, footprints in the sand. Yeah, we, we all know the footprints. It's like, you know, we see one set of footprints and we look back and we say, "God, where were you?" And God says, "You know that's my footprints. I was carrying you." Oh, thank you, Lord. Beautiful. beside the beautiful little rolling waves. My take on footprints. If you have a look at Psalm 77 verse 19, it says, "Your path led through the sea." your way through the mighty waters, (laughs) though your footprints were not seen. Uh, Yes, David, that's very true. You can't leave many footprints in the water. (laughs) My take is this. When we say, Lord, here I am. Melt me, mold me, shape me. Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll follow you wherever you go. And all of a sudden, he leaves that lovely little sandy beach and he starts heading towards the water. And then we're going, whoa, Jesus, you go the wrong way. (laughs) I can't follow you through there. See, will we still follow him? When he heads off in another direction, we think he shouldn't be going. It's like, God, we we can't do that. Just take us beside the, give me the real footprints message. Oh, carry me. (laughs) Oh, I'm tired. Carry me, Jesus. Come on. He's put us down. He says it's time to walk on the water. It's time to walk on the water. The time of laying on the beach, getting you know, a lovely tan, and, and walking beside him, and getting him to carry everything. The time has come for him to say, okay, God, we will follow you. It doesn't matter where you go. And all of a sudden, this is what happens. Psalm 77, verse 19. Oh, you're going towards the water. Are you still going to follow him? Peter did. Peter was amazed. Come on. Peter actually walked on the water. Peter didn't leave any footprints on the sand. He got out. And the only reason he started to sink, because he took his eyes off Jesus and he put it on the circumstance. When we take our eyes off God and we put it on the circumstance, that's where we get lost. God has got us. To cross in to places we've never been. He's got us to go to areas we've never been, we've never seen. Places that you may not really want to go, but because God has asked you there, you'll go. The middle of the Papua New Guinea Highlands. So much tribal warfare, fighting going on. You wouldn't want to be up there if God not, had not called you to go there. But because He has, I'm able to go there. And I listen, there can be all sorts of things going on, and there has. God saves you. God keeps you. God watches over you. You find out later on that that you you should have been stopped, and you, you could have even been killed. But we were one step ahead, one step ahead every single time. God will keep you one step ahead, but you've got to keep your eyes on Him. I thought it's interesting. He says here, keep a distance of two thousand cubits between you and the ark. I've often wondered how far is that. I'm glad you asked. It's nine hundred and forty-one meters. Keep a distance of nine hundred and forty-one meters, so you can see where God is going. Sometimes, if we're if we're, we're too close, He goes off it's like, "Hey, where are you gone?" He's wanting us to keep a distance there. What does that mean? Don't get too familiar with the anointing. Don't get too familiar into that place where you start to think, well, I, I really know where I'm going now. And we start to go off in our own tangent. Keep a distance so we can see what's happening, where we're going. Obedience always precedes Harvest. Joshua chapter three verses fifteen and sixteen says this. Now Joshua, uh, sorry, now the Jordan is at full flood all during the harvest time. Wouldn't you think God would say, "Hey, listen, uh, I brought you guys a little bit too early. I'm sorry. I, I didn't really expect this, but you know the Jordan's always sort of floods at this time of the year. Uh, must have got a little bit ahead of myself." He brings them exactly at the right time. He says, We're about to cross over in three days, and they're looking at the river, it's like it's full flood. Three days something better happen in three days. It should come back to a little trickle. No, 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 it never got down to a little trickle. It was still in full flood. God will bring you to a place where you think it's impossible to cross. It's impossible to go over. But God says, with Him all things are going to be possible. And He can make a way where there was no way. And He can heap water up and you can walk across on dry land over into your promises. Keep your eye on Him. Remember, the Jordan is a place of miracles. See, you're at a place of miracles right now. Because you're about to cross over. The miracle... I mean, you know, we, sometimes we can get our eyes off God and put them on the miracles. Wow, look at that. Look what you did. Yeah, wow, wow, But God is saying, listen, keep your eye on me. Because the miracle crossing over the flooded river wasn't all that God wanted them to see. He says, I'm bringing you into your promises. You understand? Don't get caught up with just the peripheral things. I'm bringing you in to, a, to your land. And he will bring you into your land miraculously if need be. Any of us needing a miracle to be brought into the promises that God has for us? Yeah, five people, excellent. <laughs> Other of us, we're already there. <laughs> Come on. If we are needing a miracle for God to bring us into the promises that he has for us, he's saying, This is your Jordan right now. This is your place of miracles. But that's not it. That's not the end of it. That's just the beginning of it. Come on, that's the border right now of the ending and the beginning. Come on, it could be your ending. The enemy is thinking, this is your end. You'll never cross that. You'll never do that. But we'll listen to what the Word of God says. And we'll say, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to put my feet into that water. And listen, it says as soon as the, the priest put their, put their feet into the water, it dried up. And then the people crossed over on dry land into their promises. The incredible thing was that when they did this in the land that they were about to possess, It wasn't barren. It wasn't a desert. It wasn't even the beginning of the planting season. It was at harvest time. Well, that was lucky. Nothing to do with luck. Everything to do with God's timing. When you hear Him, when you step out in obedience, when you are not fearful of the situation around about you, when you say, God, if you said it, let no man ever say anything else against it. I am stepping out and I'm coming in. And you'll come into a place that is already ripe for the picking. Harvest. God spoke a number of times. He's saying, you're you're going to reap from crops you never planted. You're going to live in houses you never built. How's that going to happen? Come on. It's going to be a miracle. But God wants us to be owners. And you'll never ever take ownership if you don't step out into it. It's always going to cost you. You don't own anything until you pay it. I pay for it. You can't go in the shop and say, I like that. Thanks very much. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not yours until you pay for it. And listen, Jesus has paid a huge price. You are not your own. But there's things that he is saying, listen, even though salvation is free and coming to me is free, but there are certain things afterwards that you've got to pay for, and it might be paying some of, The flesh. A pound of flesh. Oh, God, that's hard. You know how I really like that. But if you dealt with that, God says, I will give you more. If you dealt with that, you'll realize later on that was nothing anyway. And I've got so much more for you. And you'll realize that that thing was actually holding you back. Keeping you on the other side of the Jordan where you were so close to the miracles, you were so close to the promises, you were so close you could see it, but you just couldn't enter in. If we just paid the price, dealt with those areas, consecrate ourselves, in three days, God says you'll come in to an amazing place that you won't even have to Sow any seeds for? I will give you a harvest already. How amazing is our God! I'll give you the harvest. Come on, listen, it doesn't mean that that's always the way it's going to be because there's times where He says, Okay, now you're going to supply the seed, (laughs) now you're going to dig, you're going to make sure you plant, you water, you prune. We've got to know the times and the seasons that we are in right now. This time and season that we are in, we are no longer in Egypt. We're no longer in the old. We're no longer wandering around. We are actually right now, probably some of us were in Shittim. (laughs) If you could put a finger on it, yeah, that would be a good place to name it. But you heard the word today. That's time to come out. And if we come out, God will bring us in. But you've got to leave the past behind. You've got to step out by faith and say, okay, God, you said you would give me every land, every bit of land I put my feet upon. So you start to realize now, look at where you are from where you come from. You have taken much ground. You've taken much land. The enemy is not happy. But, it, but too bad. <laughs> too bad. That's the way it is. Because I'm not giving this up. I'm not giving this up. I'm not giving... I've had to fight. I've had to do this. I've had to survive. Come on. And listen, sometimes that survival instinct just kicks in. Just I just got to stay alive. I, just realized, I was just um, reminded of this time this Aussie uh, fisherman went over to Indonesia with his buddies there and they were fishing this one night and he, he slipped overboard so quietly that none of his mates heard it until the next morning they tried to find, where's he gone? He drifted one way, they drifted another way. They came back and they tried to search for him for days and days. And another Aussie who was living there realized that, hey, listen, you're looking in the wrong area. He knew the currents and the winds and all that sort of stuff, the tides. And he said, if he's still alive, he'll be over here. So he got some of his his mates, and within two hours, they found him. Floating on a bit of whatever it was. But he was telling them to the point where he knew he wasn't going to get found. His mates come back close to him. He's yelling out. He can actually see them, but they couldn't see him or hear him. And he lost hope. And he said, I might as well die now. I mean, you've got you to know that everything is against you when the seagulls try and come and pluck out your eyes. That's what he's going. He's, he's friendly little seagulls. Oh, hi, seagulls. Ah, ah, ah. What are you doing? Turned against you. <laughs> So he said, "Everything is. I might as well just slip off here and, and die. I'm, I'm going to die eventually because no one's coming back. And so he said, he just took his last breath and just let go. And on his way down, something just kicked in. And he tried to take a breath and he's, and he's sucking in all the seawater and he's fighting his way back to the surface. Why? Why? If he wanted wanted just to give up hope, why would he fight to get back? There is something inside of us that it's not our time to die. It's not our time to lay down. It's not our time to stay over on the wrong side of the Jordan River. There's something in us that will survive, but then the survival kicks in and says, I'm not just going to survive, I'm going to live. He said... He wasn't a believer, but he said, there's someone up there looking after me. God has got your purpose and destiny right there. Don't stay on the wrong side of the river. Let's pay the price. Let's consecrate ourselves and let's move in to what God has for us. The place of miracles is just the beginning. Coming in to that, to that place of, of abundance. It's an abundant place. That is your place. That's your place. What has God promised you? What has He promised you? What has He said? This is what I want you to do. Have we done it? Have we taken steps to repossess the enemy? To, have we taken steps to, to take back our place? Have we taken steps of, of possession, which means ownership? Come on, you don't own anything until you pay for it. Then it's yours. And then it's like, I'm not giving that up. I paid for that. Some of us, we've we, you know, we got scars. Blood has run. Scars are there. It's like, man, I remember that was a tough battle, but I won. God in me, we did this. God, you said that was mine. Don't relinquish one inch of ground, but forcefully advance. This is what the Bible says. We're not going to lay down and die because we can't die. There's just something inside of us. We've got to survive because we know there's more to just survival than what we're going through right now. But that might be all we have to do. Because then we can get our breath, then we can refocus, and then we can build that momentum once again, and we come in to what God's got for us. We cross over, we consecrate ourselves, we say, yes, Lord, I might have been doing it my way, but I realize that there is a higher way. And Lord, it might be stopping me at this point, but that Goliath is coming down. Hallelujah. God's raising up a new generation of warriors armed for battle, ready to take possession of their promises and to turn the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God. It's one thing that they had to do as soon as they crossed over into the promised land. I'm going to finish with this. and If we could have the stewards come and bring the communion right now. It says in Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 to 5, it says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at the Hill of Foreskins. I'm glad none of us live there. What's your address? Uh, Hill of Foreskins? Okay. Okay. Which in Hebrew means, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, Now this is why he did so. He says, All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. Verse 5 says, and all the people that came out have had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. They had to come to that place of circumcision. Now I believe that this is a, a circumcision of the heart today. That we're saying, yes Lord, we believe what you've Spoken, we believe what you have said to us, we believe your promises, and as we realize now that we are coming out of one place because you've got another place for us, we are saying, Lord, as we come to this new place, is a dedication really? We are rededicating our lives, we're saying, Lord, we've come out of the old, we've crossed. The Jordan, a place of dying to self. And we've come into your promises right now. And what we want to do is we want to recommit ourselves with this circumcision of the heart right now. As soon as we are served, can we stand? It's just interesting that... My mum is going through this situation with her heart. Another friend of ours that we flew through uh, Sydney a couple of weeks back, his mum was going through exactly the same thing as my mum. I believe that it's by no mistake that God's dealing with hearts in this season. And the interesting thing, it wasn't even on Mum's radar. radar that it was something to do with her heart. But I believe God revealed where the problem was. They'd overlooked everything, all the symptoms. See, so-called experts aren't really expert. God is the only expert god is the only one he's the revealer of secrets and i believe god is doing the same today that he's revealing himself and he's coming to a place where he's saying where is your heart where's your heart i've come to fix your hearts mend your hearts and this morning we're coming to him and we're saying lord I want you to circumcise my heart. I rededicate myself back to you. It's that scripture that comes to mind. Sometimes it's, you know, we, we can worship you with our voice and with our mouth, but sometimes our hearts are far from Him. This morning, we can Goshen, God, we can draw near again and we can say, Lord, I'm bringing my heart back to you and I'm circumcising it this morning. That means, Lord, I want to be more like you. I rededicate my life back to you. And Lord, as we take These emblems right now, as we eat of the bread, as we drink of this wine, Lord, we remember what your son, Jesus, did for each one of us on that cross of Calvary. And Lord, we remember that as we also say, Lord, circumcise my heart today. I give you my heart afresh. I rededicate my life back to you. I want to come into that place. I want to go through that River Jordan and I want to come to that place that you have for me, a place of promise. Take me out so I can come in. Let's eat and drink. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. See, Joshua chapter 5, verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day, which means a place of circumcision. See, today I believe the Lord has rolled away the reproach of the past, our past, the disgrace, the shame, the stain of our past mistakes. God has rolled that away. No more reproach. And I believe that Even as a prophetic statement this morning, Pastor Sarah was talking about that we need to be united together because of where God is taking us, that we are a church in transition. We need to find our own place. And we're listening to the strategy that God has. But we need to stick together. We need to fight for one another, not each other. Lord, I thank you today. As we took of this communion, it's that common union, it's that union that we have with you, but also with others as we took this together. That you are building a unity. That you are building harmony. And as we do that, we will gain the momentum Lord, that you'll bring us in to our place, our place, the place that you have for us. And we will possess it, Lord. (laughs) We're no longer pushovers. But Lord, we're bold and courageous. Father, I thank you today. Let's raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you today as everyone raises their hands. Lord, I thank you for your anointing upon their lives. That you love each and every one. And Father, today we heard how you've got promises for us and that you have got our own places. That you've got purpose and destiny upon us. And Lord, today we thank you. That You love us so much that You're bringing us out in order to bring us in. That we'll leave the past behind. That You've washed everything clean. And we stand today with a clean slate, ready to step out. You said You'd give us every bit of land that we put our feet. Oh God, today I pray that You would raise our faith levels. That we would step out into those areas that you've said these are yours. I'm promising them. They're your promises. And Father, today we thank you for that boldness and courageousness that we will take down every enemy that's on our land. And we will forcefully advance. And we'll cross over that place of Jordan, that place of miracles, oh God, and we'll come in to our own land because we have paid the price as well. We are who we are because of who you are, God, but we're not who we used to be because we have paid the price to be who we are now. Father, I thank you today. Let us develop that listening ear to hear, eyes to see, Lead us into the harvest that you have in this promised land time. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing for each and every one. And those who believe it, shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah.